You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So thank you again so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we are going to revisit a topic that we haven't talked about in a while, and that is technical analysis and basically asking yourself if your current technical analysis indicators are slowly destroying your portfolio. Now, as many of you know, back last year in January, not this past January, but like the last January before that, we had finished up our year-long research of technical analysis and released a report called the Signals Report. And it's been downloaded a ton of times. People are picking it up all the time. And I want to revisit some of these topics in this thing because I keep getting very, very similar questions on how we should be using technical analysis, good, bad, or indifferent for all of the things that you need to do with your trading on deciding on entries, on exits, stuff like that. So I kind of want to revisit this topic, really drive home some important points that maybe we didn't cover before as we were kind of releasing this, because I think some of these key concepts here, regardless of whether you pick up a copy or not, are really important and can be useful for your trading. So the first thing I can tell you about how we're using technicals right now, because this is a question I get all the time is like, Kirk, how are you using technicals for your trading? The reality is, is that technicals are a very small part of how how I do options trading right now. And just to be totally clear, and I want to be open and transparent with you guys, you do not need to use technicals to be successful as an options trader. In my opinion, I think that it enhances your ability to make decisions, but it's not by any means a requirement, if you will. Okay. So using technicals, maybe at the end of the year, if you generate a 15% return, you might using technicals generate an 18% return, right? I mean, it's like a small difference, right? I don't know if it's you know 3% or 5%. So don't like quote me on that, but you get the idea, right? Like it's going to be a small like needle move. I like to use them in situations where I know that I might have to skew the position in one way or another. So most of the trading that I do anyway is neutral. I try to add a lot of neutral positions, always stay neutral, beta weighted neutral to the market. And that's how I just generally trade and have for a long time. But if I get some of these technical signals because we've set up the systems to get email alerts and text alerts about stocks reaching certain levels, then I will start making decisions about taking a directional side on a trade or skewing a strategy that I have. So instead of doing it totally neutral, maybe I bring down the call side and bring down the put side, give it a little bit more bearish skew so that if it does turn around, that it kind of falls into my range. So that's how I use technicals right now. By no means is it the only thing I do. It just enhances maybe a setup that I have. The way that I see people using this wrong is with an example that we're going to go over, obviously, in the closing bell segment today, and that's EWW. So I'll kind of touch on it here, but we'll tell you what the exact trade was in the closing bell. But the way that I see people using technical analysis wrong is that they believe when they get a signal, whether that's a buy signal or a sell signal, that automatically with the snap of the fingers that the stock is going to turn around and go the opposite direction. And it couldn't be further from the truth. And in fact, a lot of the testing that we've seen is that that signal does not tell you when the stock will turn on a dime and rarely do stocks 
turn on a dime and it's just like today it's up and then tomorrow it's all the way back down. What happens is that process is like a long process. It's a curved process. And what that means is that when you get a sell signal, it just means that the pace at which the stock is going or a buy signal doesn't have to be a sell signal. But when you get a technical signal, that means that the pace at which the stock is moving is maybe too fast in that direction. And so the pace might slow. Doesn't mean that's going to stop or turn over. It's just that the pace is going to slow. And so for that reason, I think the marriage of technical analysis and options trading, when you can use it kind of as a smart, like logical tool for your trading is really good. Because if you think about it like this, when we're selling options, we're usually doing so far out of the money, right? We're selling options at the 15 delta on either end, right? About the 15% probability of being in the money. So we give ourselves naturally a buffer. Well, if we get a technical sell or buy signal, and we're also giving ourselves room to be a little bit wrong, then it just makes the entire trading strategy just a little bit more sound, right? Not that it completely can overcome bad trade entries and bad setups and buying options. It really can't, but you still have to be selling options, but it can make the entire strategy a little bit more sound because if you can see that a stock is oversold or overbought and you sell options and give yourself a buffer, you're just that much further ahead of the curve, or I guess further ahead of the ball, right? So what I see people doing now is that they think about options or technical analysis as turn on a dime rather than the pace at which the stock is going might start to slow. Not that it's going to stop or go sideways or turn on dime, but the pace is going to slow. And I think if you start looking at it with through that lens, it might be a little bit different. It might change how aggressive you get into trades when you find some of these technical signals, okay? So some of the things I wanted to cover, just kind of the highlights again, I'm not sure if we covered these from the actual report when we released it, but some things I think you wanted to know from all of the testing that we've done, some of the notable metrics from the signals report. The first one here is that 95% of the settings we tested, and we tested about 1,400 different indicator settings, 95% of those totally failed the benchmark index, which means that they never performed a net return that was higher than just holding the S&P. So basically you churned your account trying to use some of these technicals that really didn't actually give you any performance-based advantage or enhancement. And I think that's really key. And so that's why I say like you should be you know, really focusing on the 5% that worked if you're going to use them. Not that it's still going to make a major, major difference. Selling options is the bulk of what you need to do. But if you're going to use technicals, you got to use the 5% that worked. As an overall group from all tests that we did, long, short, every iteration, the overall average win rate of technical analysis, you could say as a global whole, was 45%. Now, that was shocking to me. The fact that as a group, coin flipping and choosing your signals based on buy or sell from a coin flip was way more predictive than the global whole of technical analysis. And this is why I believe that the marriage of technicals and options trading gives you the best advantage because just using technicals by itself and buying or selling stock at the money is totally worthless. You can't do it on a long-term basis. But when you marry in an option strategy that gives you a margin for error, then it becomes something that's a little bit more productive for your portfolio. 
208 tests that we ran totally blew up model portfolios, so created losses of over 100% after commissions. A lot of those were short-only technicals, so short-only technicals are really tough to trade. Again, this is because the markets, when you get a short signal doesn't mean, or a sell signal doesn't mean that the stock is going to like turn on a dime and start going down. It's just going to stop rising at the pace at which it's going right now, okay? So I think that some of these metrics here are really, really important. Just again, keep in the back of your mind as you start thinking about, you know, like how do I use back to or technical analysis as part of my own trading strategy? So I wanted to talk about that here on today's podcast. I thought it was really helpful. And so we're gonna get into the trader Q&A segment here and then we'll jump into a current trade that we just actually executed using some of our signals from the signals report with EWW. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hi, Kurt. Just uh, wanted to uh, actually add, I have a few questions. Based on when you have your watch list, how do you know how you're going to go into those positions is uh, like, for instance, if you uh, have your watch list and you find some potential stocks to get into, do you decide that, well, I'm going to go with the bull spread put on that day or a bull call back spread? So I guess try to get, you know, a little bit of insight as I dive into a lot of the uh, modules you have there. And thank you again for the message back. I appreciate that and look forward to moving on and trying to get more successful with some of the this options and advanced strategies. Thank you again. All right. So, hey, thank you so much for submitting the question. So this is one that, that I like to get, actually, and this is why I kind of put this in today's episode and kind of picked this one out because I think it's really telling of how people are using the watch list and, and trying to understand kind of how to use the watch list. Now, for those of you who don't have access to the watch list, basically what we do, just so you guys are all clear if you're listening on the podcast, is that not only do we show the tickers, the IV rank, we allow you to sort by IV rank. We show you the expected range, but we also have some suggested strategies. Now, as we start doing more and more backtesting, we will continue to update those suggested strategies so that it basically tells you what the best strategy is for that particular market situation, right? Or that particular IV rank. The reality is, is that when it comes to choosing a strategy, the way that I like to think about it in my head is I like to think about it as an accordion and as basically thinking about it as going aggressive or not aggressive, depending on IV. So let's take the option selling side of it, which is where we naturally default to. You can still sell options during low implied volatility and generate a positive expected return long term. So that's never an issue, right? Most strategies... Globally speaking, if your option selling even during low IV will generate a positive expected return, but you have to do those on a small scale. So smaller position sizes and you got to do less contracts. You got to keep your overall exposure low because when implied volatility pops and goes higher, that's when you have the opportunity to scale into it, to get better pricing, to get further away from the market, right? And sell options further outside of where the stock is trading. 
Those are all opportunities when implied volatility is higher to kind of expand like an accordion and get more aggressive with your strategies, with your trade size, with the quantity or number of tickers that you're trading, right? Everything. So when I look at a strategy on the watch list, I'm first asking myself, hey, where is implied volatility, right? If implied volatility is high, then naturally I default to choosing one of the more aggressive strategies. Now, this is where you can, you know, do this at your own, I guess, you know, preference, right? You can choose a straddle or a strangle or an iron butterfly, right? An iron condor, a regular credit spread. It's really up to you. And the question that you should ask yourself is, what can I handle? Like, what can my portfolio handle? Do I have a small portfolio where I need to do a risk-defined position? Or do I have a large portfolio where I can handle the margin? And then two, what does my portfolio need, right? Does my portfolio need another straddle or do I already have 15 straddles and I should do something more risk-defined, right? Maybe I'm taking on too much exposure with straddles, right? So that's a tough one to answer, but something that's a little bit more of a personal preference. When implied volatility is low, this is when you have to decide if you want to do an option buying strategy or still want to stick to an option selling strategy. My personal preference, as always, is to stick to the option selling strategies more so than option buying strategies. And if I could like quantify it just a little bit, just to give you a guideline, not that this is something I necessarily follow hard fast, right? But anything around a 25 IV rank, I will still, or 25 and above, right? So below 50, but above 25, I will still generally sell options on. Anything below 25, that's when I'll start using some of the more option buying strategies if if I want that in my portfolio. Now this is a big if because I say most of the option buying strategies that we use are when we can afford to take on a directional trade and it's not gonna hurt the portfolio, or if we want to hedge some other trade in our portfolio, right? So we might buy a put spread to hedge something else or buy a call spread to hedge something else. Or maybe we just want a couple calendars to gain some long volatility exposure, right? So there's no right or wrong answer here. I'm just kind of talking out my thought process of how I do this, right? In today's closing bell segment, I'll talk through EWW, which is one that we got into because of the technical analysis indicator signals that we got, right? And our portfolio could handle it. So that's the way I think about the watch list. High IV over 50. It's purely a matter of which option selling strategy do you want to use? How aggressive do you want to be? Between 25 and 50 for those, then you start asking yourself, you know, do you want to do option selling or option buying? I prefer to do option selling there. Anything under 25 IV rank, that's when I might consider doing an option buying strategy or just basically waiting until something like that goes higher as far as implied volatility and we can get a little bit better pricing and a little bit better of an edge in selling some premium. So as always, if you guys would like to get your question answered here on the podcast or live on Facebook and Periscope in the future, please head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask. Click the big red button in the middle of the screen and leave me a private voicemail. There's no software to download or install, and it's incredibly easy. Now, before we get into the closing bell segment, I want to let you guys know that basically every single day I've been doing Facebook Lives on our Facebook page. It's over at optionalpha.com. You can scroll all the way to the bottom of the page and then click on the Facebook link on the bottom of any page on Option Alpha. It's been really fun to do these. It's been something I've been doing now for a couple months. It's been really, really cool to kind of interact with you guys. We've been doing whiteboard videos and kind of strategy Q&A sessions and stuff like that. So if you want to join in to some of those Facebook Live sessions that we've been having, please head on over to our Facebook fan page. You can just search Option Alpha inside of Facebook. It's really, really been fun. And again, I take suggestions on new videos every single day. So I try to jump in there as much as possible and try to interact as much as possible. So head on over to Facebook and again, join our community at Option Alpha. 
now. The closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now. Trades we're making. And hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so in today's closing bell segment, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about a trade that I got into in EWW. Now, full disclosure, I went ahead and took a screenshot of this so that it's in the show notes page. You can get to it by going to optionalpha.com slash show 89. That's just the number 89, optionalpha.com slash show 89. So you can kind of visually see what I'm talking about here as we go through this. But Recently, EWW, which is a Mexico ETF, it kind of tracks the Mexican markets, recently created a short-only technical indicator alert. So in the case of options trading, when we went back and did our research in technical analysis, we found that there were good indicators for stock trading. And then we went and dug a little bit deeper and found some of the better indicators for options trading and specifically shorting the market as far as options are concerned, like the market turning over. So bearish indicators and then bullish indicators for options trading. Now, these indicators are going to work a little bit better on a shorter time period, like about 30 to 60 days versus our stock indicators work better on a little bit longer time period. So not the day trading time period on anything, but it's definitely on the option side, like 30 to 60 days is when these work. What we did find in doing this research is that when you use these three indicators that we have up there and you can kind of see, when you use these three indicators, they have to line up for this to be more successful. And that's not to say, again, that it's going to be 100% chance of success. Come on, we all know that. Like we're all adults here, right? But the probability of success when all three are lined up is definitely better than the probability of success when they're not. So individually, they're not too great, but as a collective whole, they generally work pretty well. And again, what we're doing is we're trying to create strategies that give us an edge some way or another. So either selling options or using technicals and going directional, something that might give us a edge in the market, right? What's cool about EWW, and this is a great little case study, is that when you go and look at the chart that we have up on the show notes page, what you'll see is that all three indicators never actually were in alignment until just recently. Now, the most bottom indicator was really, really close to our sell level that we have determined here, which is on there in a purple line when you actually go to the show notes page. It's on there in a purple line, and the indicator was so close for about a month and a half, but was never really oversold. And for that reason, we think that it continued to move higher because it was really strong, but it wasn't quite tipping over that edge of being too, too, too aggressive, okay, or too over overbought, basically. So in our case, we waited until all three, all three of these indicators lined up, and when they did... We went ahead and just recently, yesterday, got into a trade in EWW. Now, of course, at the time that we release this podcast, it might be obviously a week or so after we get into this trade because we're not releasing at the same time. I schedule some of these in advance. But the reality is, is that we got into this trade in EWW by doing a directional debit spread in the security. Now, why the directional debit spread in EWW? Well, because at the time that we got into this trade, implied volatility was around the 10 rank. 10, right? So we just talked about in the trader Q&A segment is that when implied volatility is this low, yes, we could sell some options if we wanted to. But in this case, it might be better just to buy options and go directional. And so our portfolio could hold and withstand a bearish directional bet in the market. So we went ahead on EWW and traded the April contracts. We bought the 52 puts 
sold the 51 puts. So very small spread. We did five spreads in this. So, you know, we kind of leveraged up here, but it's a small spread. It's like $50 a piece. And it's basically a, a one for one bet. All we're doing here, risk reward wise, is taking a 50 50 bet. Our edge or our potential edge is in the fact that this back testing of technical indicators might show that the stock is at a point now where it could turn over in the next, say, 30 days. And so that's why we're doing it now. So we know that it may not turn over right away. It may take a little bit of time. But now that it's reached this level, we think that we can, you know, at least get in here and see if we can't can't get a little bit of movement lower. Now, remember, with a debit spread like we're getting into now, which we don't often get into, we're trying to take profits earlier. So we're looking for just a quick 25% gain on this thing. As soon as we get that, we're out. We're not trying to hold this thing all the way to expiration. All we need is a quick move down in EWW anytime between now and expiration, and then we'll be out of the trade. So I think the key here, again, if you head on over to the show notes page at optionoffcom slash show 89, what you'll see is, again, what I'm talking about here with these indicators is that you've got to get all three of these things to line up at the same time to get some congruence across all of them so that we're looking at the same thing and all of them are kind of like flashing the sell signal, if you will, on the stock. And once you get that, I think that your probability of success on trades like this is a little bit higher. It's not going to be you know, a 90% chance of success. We're probably looking at about a 60 65% chance of success here. But with one-to-one risk-reward on the pricing of the option, I think it's ultimately a good trade that we can get into and gives us a little bit of bearish exposure in the market. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, if you want to pick up a copy of our signals report, which is 20 years of back-tested technical analysis data, you can get a copy of that by going to optionalpha.com slash signals. Again, that's just the word signals, optionalpha.com slash signals. Until next time, happy trading.